Andy, did you finally get sick of sitting on the couch? Uh, no, actually, uh, we helped my aunt move. Uh, um, she sort of downgraded in the houses because all of all of my cousins have moved out and whatnot. And uh, she was like, hey, I have this computer desk. And we were like, <gasps> we've been looking for one of those. So there I was go. actually able to, you know, set up a computer desk and set up the computer on the computer desk instead of, nice. you know, rocking it on the couch, which, was, which wasn't bad, but this just feels more natural. So this is actually the first time I'm using uh, the tripod. So, Oh, for the microphone? Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah. Nice. You don't. You have free hands now. You can... There's so much room for activities. <laughs> no, not that kind of activity. Stop, 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 stop. Give Andy free hands one time. And... Thanks for thanks for I've mentioning that. that, Mike. That's 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 great. I hold you partially responsible for that. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who coincidentally almost got hit by a huge rocket when he was a little boy, Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Uh, next up, we have someone who's been practicing his shield throwing with an oversized frisbee, Josh Zorch. I started training back in middle school. <laughs> uh, next up, he's got to pull over because he's going to be sick with excitement for this movie, Mike Bradley. I wanted the last one. <laughs> the frisbee one yeah I wanted the frisbee <laughs> uh, and finally the man responsible for launching the rocket that almost killed Andy Stoles <laughs> it's Ian Leidick your boy I ice here check my style out got fidget spinners dripping out my trench coat <laughs> just lighting fire I feel like that wasn't finished is there more <laughs> to that I think that was the effect I'm a triple B based basic bitch <laughs> I like was it was that biz basic bitch Based, basic base, bitch. Basic Little bitch. B, base god. Shout out. Love my boy. O-Town. O-Town. <laughs> Has nothing to do with rapping, but that's cool. You know, throw up to 98 degrees later, too. Why not? <laughs> uh, all right, so on tap for this one is another Rewind Theater. Uh, I think we've put this one off long enough. Uh, plus, I kind of figured, I think the last couple of weeks has just been me, Mike, and Josh. So we needed to get some Andy and Ian in our lives. Uh, so if you're new to the series... Uh, for Rewind Theater, it's basically an excuse for us to go back, revisit some old comic book movies that either we haven't seen or haven't seen for some time. Uh, our format for these has been to start with some of the comic book history uh, of the movie that we're on, since these are all based on comic books or graphic novels. Uh, Josh takes point on that one. After that, we'll talk about some of the people involved in transitioning that property into a movie. We'll go over the budgets, box office gross, ratings, uh, if it's a first-time watch or rewatch for all of us. Uh, before we get into the discussion, I'll throw out the spoiler alert. We'll get to our 60-second summary, which one of us has volunteered to do ahead of time. Our main discussion will consist of five categories, directing, characters and actors, story, soundtrack, and special effects and explosions. We're giving ourselves 10 minutes on the timer for each of those categories to try to keep us on track. Once we go through all of that, we'll end the discussion of the with a end our discussion of the movie, sorry, with a rating, and then we'll see what everyone thinks if the movie holds up or not. 
Uh, and then finally, to take the pressure off of us, we leave it up to the Wheel of Fate. The Wheel of Fate! To pick what movie we're watching next. So if you've listened to the past episodes, you'll know that we've been trying to stick to three franchises and three standalone movies on the wheel at a time. Uh, we reserve the right to change our format if we feel this is not working as well as we'd hoped. Either way, at the end of the episode, we'll spin the wheel to see what we're watching next. At the end of our last episode, we did 2007's Ghost Rider, and the wheel selected Captain America, but from 1990. So, at this point, Josh will hit us with the comic book background. So, Josh, feel free to teach us some stuff. All right, class, take your seats. Take your seats already. Um... I could try to do this as much in like my old timey voice as I possibly could. I, I think I'd get sick of myself after about thirty seconds. But um, okay, so this is definitely uh, as far as Marvel goes, one of the oldest characters that I think we'll ever talk about. Um, Captain America is created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby um, at Timely Comics, which is the predecessor to the predecessor of Marvel Comics. Uh, Captain America Comics, number one, which is where the character first appeared, uh, cover dated in March of 1941, actually released December 20th, 1940. Uh, those dates are very important, as I'm going to emphasize here for the next minute or two. December 20th, 1940 is 352 days before the attack on Pearl Harbor, and, of course, the U.S. declares war on Japan as a result the next day. Uh, the iconic cover of the first issue depicts Captain America slugging Adolf Hitler in just his dumb freaking face. <laughs> um, why are the dates important? And, and why was this move by them and their decision to tell a story like this important? Um, I, I, I couldn't grab the the name of the documentary that i watched recently so i forget if it was on disney plus but i think it might have been but it was very much about um comic creations and 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 the the, the creators themselves and and where this stuff really comes from um a lot of that time period and and still even you know a lot of people in the publishing business uh, uh comics fiction novels a lot of that um many of them were of Jewish heritage, faith, culture, religion, etc. And that was definitely no exception at Marvel. Um, so both just the, the, the personal feelings and views of those in the company on, on top of those that also happen to subscribe, you know, from that background, a year before the U.S. had provocation to enter World War II they decided to take this step. Uh, you know, many of them saw what was happening in Europe um, and to their people in a lot of ways already. Um, the, 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 the writers, the creators, the company decided to back this idea, not only of creating a patriotic character, but specifically weighing into the political social climate of the time from a country that really didn't have skin in the game yet. Um, and honestly, that's pretty significant to all of this. Um, which is funny to me that people are like Captain America was making headlines within the last couple of weeks being a political character. It's like, you know, where Captain America came from, right? And, and the answer to that question would be no. If, <laughs> if you have to ask that question to that person, the answer is definitely right, categorically right. no. 
I mean, Brian. But also, I mean, that's a pro-war stance. So, I mean, that's fine. Pro-war. <laughs> Hell yeah. There, there was also people that were very shocked about Rage Against the Machine's political stance. Oh, when right. that came yeah. forward. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. if you're shocked by this, you're an idiot. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. Th- and that's contemporarily, just like Captain, you know, Cap coming out. Contemporarily, you know, the band broke up 20 years ago. And then people in 2021 are like, what? What do you mean they're like Marxists? Huh? <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> um, so as far as I can tell... Steve Rogers, uh, you know, who who takes on the mantle of Captain America, pretty much from those earliest issues, follows the origin uh, trajectory that we're all very familiar with. Um, he volunteers for the U.S. Army, um, interestingly, in a fictionalized way. Uh, you know, the, again, these 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 stories are being written a year before the U.S. enters the war, but those first issues already write this character as if the u.s is in war against specifically the real world nazis and adolf hitler um and steve is a a scrawny diminutive kind of person he works you know to get enlisted volunteers for an experiment uh where the you know super soldier serum is is administered um and then thus you know physically transforming him into what he becomes this part is just a little bit of my editorial thinking, but specifically in so many of the different write-ups I was seeing, the characterization of Steve as a person before enlisting describes him as an artist. He's a cartoonist. He's a sketcher. He's an illustrator. That's just you know a, a, a quirk of his, you know. I wonder if that, and I don't really have an answer for this. It's just an open question. Given that they were starting this series as we're going to make a story of Mr. Patriot decking Adolf Hitler on our first cover, I almost wonder if they intentionally chose that. Um, granted, it was a medium, so you're 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 looking at an illustrated medium and reading, but one of those often cited characteristics of Hitler himself, how he was, you know, an art school dropout how he was a failed artist and was that aspect of Steve created to show what somebody could have, you know, in common with somebody so bad, but to have gone the complete polar good opposite. Um, There's nothing in what I came up with that speaks to that. It's just something that stuck out to me that, like I said, I'm just sort of saying it into the, the ether for anyone to ponder if they wish. Um, one thing I wanted to point out uh, was that Steve's mother, his name is indeed not Martha, but it is Sarah. And if you remember in the uh, Civil War film that is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Bucky specifically mentions this to Steve as uh, proof to him of trying to prove that he's, um, uh, you know, salient and that he's he's himself and he's talking rationally. Uh, he mentions his name, his mother's name being Sarah. Um, during wartime, this actually becomes Timely Comics' most popular selling book. Um, and even in the U.S. itself, uh, uh, things were citing that it was outselling monthly issues of Time magazine in some months. Because the fervor for, especially after the U.S. got into the war, of, of latching on to that, you know, patriotic symbol and, and whatnot... 
what became that popular. Um, however, after the war's end, um, Cap and other superhero comics faded uh, from popularity quickly. Um, it was discontinued in 1950 um, after a 75-issue run over a decade. Uh, there was a short revival by Atlas Comics, which is what Timely evolved into before becoming Marvel. In 1953, uh, only three issues were released. The series then gets rebooted again by Marvel Comics. In 1964, Cap shows up for the first time again in Avengers number 4. Um, and it is through this issue uh, and, and that small little uh, you know, reintroduction that the Frozen in Ice, Man Out of Time... Uh, coming from the past arc of his story that we that many of us now have become so familiar with, that's where that's first introduced. Um, that side of it didn't happen in the first 10 years. It's while they're trying to bring him back into the modern times of the mid-60s that they implement that. Um, and it has remained in publication since 1964. Um, from what I can tell, just strictly the Captain America line of comics and, and certain offshoots have over 800 issues since 1940. Um, and that doesn't include dozens of spinoffs, one-shots, limited series issues, and whatnot. So it's probably closer to 900, 950, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, quick sidebar, Captain America as a character is Marvel's first character from their library history to ever to be adapted out of the medium of comic books into something else um whether that was radio television anything else um in 1944 a captain america serial film was released uh so kids buckle up uh the way that they sometimes used to do tv and movies was not just go to the theater and watch your 90 minute film you would actually go and see a series sometimes of short segments of several and you would come back week after week, almost like episodic television, to get the next piece. So that's how this 1944 version was released. An interesting aspect of this film that I came across that I, I, I can't not share with you guys is that uh, the part of the storyline involves Captain America, um, whose name is not Steve Rogers in this iteration, uh, even though it was, the character was only four years old at the time. He has a different name. But he is involved in a plot to stop a character named Scarab, who is actually uh, the evil museum curator, Dr. Cyrus Maldor. And what he, one of the things he is trying to stop Scarab from obtaining is a weapon called the Dynamic Vibrator. <laughs> this is the exact plot of Night at the Museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, also maybe... the origin story of Vibranium. So, somebody somebody owes someone else in royalties. <laughs> uh, but yes, Dynamic Vibrator. See if you can find the serialized 1944 Captain America movie. It's probably out okay. there somewhere. We found this one we're going to talk about today on YouTube. I'm sure you can find this thing somewhere else. <laughs> um, so interesting point about Cap Shield that I want to point out. If you look at the cover of Cap America, Captain America Comics number one, the famous one of him decking Hitler... His shield is more of a older timey, say like Germanic Viking shield type, you know, pointed, um, triangular shape. 
Exactly. Mike Mike is uh, showing us an example to, to the group. That's exactly what it was. However, another company called MLJ Magazines Incorporated, which later on in history would become Archie Comics, they debuted a character just a few months before Captain America called The Shield, and the design on the chest of his costume was exactly the same as Cap's actual shield. So they raised a stink about it, and after just one issue, uh, Marvel redesigns Cap's shield into the now iconic circular shield that we all know and that he's pretty much carried for going on, you know, coming up on 80 years. Um, interesting point, Stan Lee had his very first professional public, uh, I'm sorry, his first professional published work of fiction was Captain America issue number three. So in 1941, issue number three is Stanley's first comic book, uh, or, or really any kind of professional work that he did. Um, and Stan, during that issue, created the idea of Steve's returning shield as a weapon. So you throw it like a frisbee, but it's coming back to you like a boomerang. That's introduced in Stan's issue. Uh, a couple last points to bring up. Um, a precursor to the idea of the Avengers that existed during Timely's run with it um, was an idea to bring a superhero team together that only lasted for two issues. It was led by Captain America, and maybe you can figure out why. It was called the All Winners Squad. <laughs> Name doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? Again, only AWS lasted two AWS for years. life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Ian? AWS for life. <laughs> I mean, that sounds better. Yeah, that like JLA, like that. That actually does work better than the. I mean, I don't know. Can you imagine sitting around that office at some point in the forties and like, ah, what do we name this? Like, if that if that's what won, what lost? <laughs> really? All winner squads say no to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um. And that actually, something I came across that I didn't include in the notes, but since you say that, there was some point where Marvel uh, tried to retcon the idea of the Super Soldier Serum and the way that it was administered. Because when the Comics Code came into effect, the the way that it was historically administered was, you know, intravenous with a needle. And because people were so strict about everything... They were like, well, that you know, people use needles for narcotic recreational drugs. And so therefore that would be against the comics code. So at some point they tried to retcon it so that it was like a drink that he was administered, basically. Not bright flashing lights. <laughs> I didn't see bright flashing lights mentioned, but yep, no, no, hmm, no. He drank some juggernaug. That's what it was. It was juggernaug. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to chug jug with you. Number one victory. Royale. <laughs> Yeah, Fortnite. Oh, sorry. Um, Fortnite time. I, I, so I'll almost close with Cap's side of this by saying, in 80 years, uh, of course this is going to happen. This is just the way comic books and, and fantasy writing goes. Captain America, especially Steve Rogers, has died many times throughout yeah. the, these runs um, in different offshoot stories and whatnot. Um, famously, he was killed in the Age of Ultron storyline, uh, the Old Man Logan storyline, and by uh, Crossbones and, woohoo, we'll talk about her maybe, Sharon Carter, in Civil War, uh, in, in, in the comic stories. 
Uh, real quick, I'm going to touch on just some of the other characters that we are introduced to here um, because they definitely have persisted into modern times very prominently. Red Skull uh, also was invented and appeared in the very first issue of Captain America, that same one in December of 1940, uh, also created by Joe Simon, Jack Kirby. Uh, was originally a character, though, named George Maxon, M-A-X-O-N. George was a maker of U.S. aircraft for the U.S. Army, but acting as a servant of Hitler in their storylines. And what he wore was just simply a face-covering mask to make it look like a red human skull. It's later, probably in the 60s, it looks like, that the idea of Johann uh, Schmidt, that we now more associate with being the Red Skull, is created. And the story is retconned to show that George Maxson was actually working on behalf of Johann under Hitler's direction. Uh, three more real quick that kind of all roll up into one. Um, Sharon and Peggy Carter are created two to three months apart in 1966. Uh, Sharon actually came first, uh, created by Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Dick Ayers in March of 1966. Two months later, they uh, Stan and Jack introduce what initially was her sister, Peggy, and is later retconned to be her great aunt. Um, and lastly, a character named Bernadette Rosenthal commonly referred to as Bernie in the comics, is created by Roger Stern and John Byrne in 1980. Uh, this character is renamed Bernice Stewart for the film we're going to be talking about today. And really the role that she plays is uh, an amalgamation basically of Peggy and the Bernie character. Um, don't really have a good segue to leave off here. That's just really the highlights and, and where we hit. There's so much in the Captain America catalog and lore that it would obviously be impossible to even to try to start touching on a, a lot of it, but there is so much material out there. Uh, if anyone is interested in looking for it, um, it's not hard to find. I kind of hate that this is the Captain America movie that got us to talk about all the background. Like, I was hoping we'd get an MCU Captain America first to touch on all this stuff before this one, but here we yeah, are. Maybe next decade. Yeah, at the rate <laughs> we're going. I mean, well, the next the time we hit a Captain America movie, we can do Ultimate Captain America, perhaps. Uh, and and yeah, touch on the can, Ultimates. Yeah, and we can look at, you know, different storylines that influence things and whatnot. And, you know, there's a lot of characters in the main Captain America lore that aren't involved with this movie that Fair. will yep. show up later. So, you know, we can retouch on, on some of those things as they become more um, related to and appropriate for the specific movie that we're watching. We could even talk about how Captain America is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed super soldier that punches Hitler. That seems weird. <laughs> uh, anything else, Josh? Ironic is, is the correct term. <laughs> um, nope, yeah, that, that's it. Class dismissed. Okay. Uh, so my turn to start talking about some of the movie stuff. Um, aside from just talking about the director, so I was trying to... I, Offhand, I was thinking, like, why the hell did this get movie get made, or how did this get made? Some, so I tried to get a little bit of the background with the movie. I thought for sure this released in theaters. I don't think it did. Uh, I believe this was a movie that was tied up with the uh, Canon... What was this called? The Canon Films uh, production company. They were the ones that at one point had Spider-Man, because Marvel was bankrupt and needed to sell licenses off. Went to Canon. Canon sat on this stuff. 
eventually canon goes bankrupt, so then everything gets to go back to Marvel eventually. But in that time, on the verge of them making a Spider-Man movie, uh, they got Captain America made. Um, apparently the same director, his last film for canon films was a Jean-Claude Van Damme post-apocalyptic action film called Cyborg. Oh my god, this guy did Cyborg. Which was... Hell yeah! Oh god, apparently, we watched that at some point. Maybe that was a quarantine movie. Oh, Jesus. According to the Wikipedia for Canon Films, uh, that film was used, was uh, conceived to use both, was basically made, because they had costumes and sets built for the intended sequel to Masters of the Universe in the ill-fated live-action Spider-Man movie. Huh. So, there's that. Um, and apparently that the director of this movie, Albert Priam, was supposed to shoot both of those movies, the Masters of the Universe sequel and Spider-Man, simultaneously. I don't know that that, like, this just, everything about this sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> uh, no, it does not. <laughs> like, you wonder why this film, like, this production company went bankrupt and couldn't do anything. You're telling me a Green Goblin Skeletor crossover would not be amazing? Just mash <laughs> them into no, one character. No, that doesn't character. mean they're going to cross over. It means no, no, they no, shot mash... them at the same time. No, I'm talking just mashed into one character because the director's not sure which movie he's making. Oh, and he's like, oh, yeah. you know, just make them one. I Give mean, me I don't that. feel like he, yeah, yeah, at this point, I don't, I don't feel like he cared about anything to just throw whatever he wants to in these movies. Um, but I guess Captain America was, seemed like it came out of nowhere. Nobody really knew this movie was coming. Apparently there were just posters that found their way into a theater, teasing the movie to be released in theaters. Eventually it never did. Uh, it got shelved for two years and eventually made its way to direct to VHS. So anybody that thought this was going to end up in the theater, it never happened. Uh, That's so the sad. director for this one is Albert Ryan. Uh, he... Most of the stuff, like, he has a long IMDb going back from 1982 to still today. There's stuff in post-production today. Mm -hmm. Everything on on that list screams B-movie quality stuff. The only thing that, side, that I saw that looked familiar was Cyborg. Everything else, I have no idea what the hell any of that stuff is. You don't know about Kickboxer for the Aggressor? No. Although the is name Sasha sounds familiar, Mitchell but I've, I don't one? know what that is. Yeah, I'm trying to fit, see when Sasha started, because that wasn't the original Kickboxer also a... Was that him from the beginning, or was that Van Damme initially? It was Van Damme. Okay. So, Kickboxer 2, which he also, this guy also directed. Yes, Sasha, Sasha, Sasha Mitchell, who, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, that's Cody from Step by Step. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he started by Kickboxer 2. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and he's also in Albert's newest film. Yeah. <laughs> To be wait, wait, to be wait, fair, wait. David S. Sasha Boyer. Mitchell is still in things today. That this guy's yeah, it's called um. Well, he's also he's in two of his most recent releases. They're in post production. One of them, <laughs> Cyborg Nemesis, The Dark Rift, and The Kickboxer, Agrius. Not gonna lie, <laughs> so I honestly really thought Sasha Mitchell had died some like tragic death in the early two thousands. Like that was in my brain for some reason. I was just saying it like ironically, but he's still alive. That's actually amazing to me because I thought. I guess he died. you gotta watch his movies now. No, <laughs> but it's it's cool that uh, he's still alive, though. Good for him. So this you can the, contact his agent on IMDb, just FYI. <laughs> the, uh, the screenplay for Captain America was written by Stephen Tolkien. This is not Tolkien, like Lord, uh, Lord of the Ooh. Rings. It's Tolkien. Uh, he has a bunch of TV and movie series credits. Uh, IMDb has him listed as having an uncredited rewrite of the 1987 Masters of the Universe movie. Uh, story credit for this goes to Tolkien and Lawrence Block, who Block only has two writing credits to his name. This movie and something called The Funhouse from 1981. I have no idea what that one is either. 
Unfamiliar. Uh, the movie stars Matt Salinger as Steve Rogers, Ronnie Cox as President Kimball, Ned Beatty as Sam Kalowitz, Scott Paulson as the Red Skull, and Kim Gillingham as Bernice and Sharon. So that's your cast. Uh, any guesses? And I, because I maybe this movie went to direct to VHS. I did not find a listing for it on Box Office Mojo, which is where I get my budget budgets and box office numbers. Uh, but Wikipedia has a listing for the film's budget. Any guesses on what the budget is for this movie, Captain America from 1990? 250,000. <laughs> wow, lowballing. I was about million. to go lower than that. <laughs> um, if it's if you're saying wow, lowballing, let's let's say 400,000. What was it, Josh? Where were you going? 2.3 million. Ian. Three point three million. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. thousand cents. <laughs> uh, Josh and Ian are pretty close. Three million dollars wow. is credited as the budget. Wow! Apparently, I think it was supposed to be six, that? and it got cut in half. I wonder why. Uh, they they could not get Hulk Hogan to play <laughs> Captain America, <laughs> so the budget was cut in half. Hulkster didn't cost that much in nineteen ninety. <laughs> Uh, so again, I don't have box office because it seemed like it went direct to VHS. So there's no box office numbers to talk about. Uh, there also is not a Metacritic score for this movie. I tried looking. I did not see one. Rotten Tomatoes, though, does have a score. So they have it as a critic rating of 12% and an audience rating of 16%. So it's, it's, it's not great. Well, uh, now that presumes, now hold on. I have to, I have to interject here. I know we're not, not supposed to give our own reviews as of yet. But 12% and 16%, the way Rotten Tomatoes works, that presumes that there is 12% of critics out there that gave this movie a positive review. Yep, I didn't look to see when those were or if they are old I mean, recent. I've seen a positive review that said this movie accurately showed the horrors of World War II, so... <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, there, somebody out there must have liked this thing. Uh, around the horn. Is this a first time viewing or a rewatch? Josh, I'm gonna start with you because I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. This is a rewatch for me. <laughs> is this only the second time you've seen it? Uh, might be the third because I think we oh, God. we God help you. We saw it and then we very soon went to visit friends out of state and took it with us and watched oh, it with God. them there. So it might be the, <laughs> technically the third. Uh, Andy, first viewing or rewatch? First viewing for sure. Mike, first. Ian, this this started as my first viewing, but I have watched it four times since Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it is now my most watched Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know whether to be feel like feel bad for you or just be really excited for you. I can't tell which way this is gonna go. I this movie does things to a man. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I remember seeing uh, ratings for this on Just Watch because I just wanted to double check that I didn't ha if I didn't have to watch uh, YouTube um, ads. I, I know, you yeah, know, yeah. But there is a rating for from Just Watch for forty six percent. I don't know what that means. Though. Really? Yeah. Forty six percent said the link worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's more for the uh, link and uh, file quality than it is for the movie itself. 
Right. Uh, it has two ratings. It has the Just Watch, 46%, and then IMDb at 3.2. Yeah, IMDb Yeah, IMDb is rating at 3.2 out of 10, out of 12,000 people. But I, I don't know what 46%... Is that 46% like this movie? I'm not sure. Is that 3.2 Yeah, because it looks like you can only... Because it's a Just Watch rating. The only thing you can do is like or dislike. That's it. So 46% were like, yeah, man, this movie rocks. 46% of people clicked on the wrong Captain America movie to give it a thumbs up. <laughs> I would say 43%. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we'll give you 3%. Uh, so, yeah, this one is a first viewing for me as well. I did not go out of – I, and I think Andy and I sort of – we were sort of – our little group chat that we had, I think – touched on this andy started posting like hey is this the one or do we know this movie existed started posting screenshots from a 1979 captain america and i think when i thought about captain america in 1990 the 79 version was the one i was thinking of like any any screenshots i looked at for the 79 one i'm like oh yeah the motorcycle the clear shield the helmet that's what i think of when i think of the 1991 this was not that movie nope so this was completely new for me yep Um, all right, so it's that time of the show. We're going to get to the discussion portion. Uh, we'll be discussing everything in the movie, so I'm going to throw out the spoiler alert. Uh, and actually, you know, there's no excuses for this one. If you want to watch it, it is free on YouTube. Search Captain America 1990. It's there. It's the first result. But, you know, if you haven't seen this movie and still don't want spoiled, God help you, uh, please pause this now. Come back after you watch the film. Uh, if you want to listen to it anyway, right after the spoiler is our 60-second summary, which will hopefully give you a... Enough of a general plot of the movie so you can listen to our discussion. Uh, either way, spoilers to follow. Also, do not pay for this. <laughs> yeah. That's a, if you, yeah, if you have YouTube. no access to YouTube, just wait until you have access to YouTube. As I've always said, support artists, and so make sure you pay for it <laughs> and watch the ads. <laughs> Shit. The, the, the way that we originally got it was we found it on Blu-ray at our uh, local family video before they decided to close down a couple years later. We rented this. I remember Wait, this being released on Blu-ray, Blu-ray right around Winter Soldier yes, or, or exactly Civil War or something it. like that. Yeah, it was... I think they were probably just looking at the red in the ledger from that movie, and they were like, fuck, is there any way we can recoup some of this? <laughs> Blu-ray it! <laughs> we got to write this depreciation <laughs> off from 35 years ago. Yeah. Company that produced it doesn't even exist anymore, so it's not even like they. I like I don't know who the, owns the license to this movie. <laughs> Apparently, no one cares because it's still on YouTube. Actually, Zack Snyder owns it. <laughs> oh, of course, he does. Uh, Definitely, I, do not pay for this. <laughs> Please, God, give us a Snyder sense. cut of this movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I want the Snyder cut. Well, it's just a gray filter over it, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Sharon's name is now Martha. Uh. <laughs> Spoilers, man. I was going to watch that. The Red, the Red Skull's mother is also Martha. <laughs> That's the only way it works. Yeah. But she's the piano. <laughs> <laughs> she taught me everything I needed to know. I'm keeping all this like in. We got to care. This is all going This is gold. <laughs> That's why right at the end, I'm just going to go spoilers to follow. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. Uh, Alright, so now that we got the spoiler out of the way, we're going to roll into our 60-second summary. So again, the goal of this is to give you an idea of the plot of the movie, if you care to listen along anyway. Uh, But we've added the challenge of having to give you that summary in under 60 seconds. 
So luckily, if you miss any details, you can pause, rewind, listen to it again. Uh, so Mike has volunteered to take the summary on this one. We will put 60 seconds on the clock. Go. Young Italian Red Skull is kidnapped and turned into the Red Brainiac. A few years later, Point Break Steve Rogers voluntarily signs up to become a super soldier because he has some undisclosed disability that makes him skip. He tracks down the evil Red Skull, but is beaten in a fight and attached to a bomb headed for the White House. The last second, he diverts the bomb by kicking it as a bewildered future president looks on. The bomb lands in Alaska, failing to blow up, and a couple feet of snow frees Steve for several decades. A useless team of people find Steve in Alaska. Meanwhile, Red Skull, doer of all things evil in the 20th century, is plotting with an American general and other foreign powers to kidnap the president and implant him with a control beacon also those powers can continue to freely pollute the earth a global chase ensues to discover the identity of red skull so they can track him down and end his evil pollution plot steve finds the red skull through some nonsensical means and a fight happens at the castle where red skull is holding the future president captive did i forget to mention the red skull kidnapped the president sorry the movie didn't make that seem too important either anyways caps plays a music box the red skull pauses long enough for him to be knocked off a cliff and it decapitates Red Skull's daughter credits. Not bad. Went over, but not bad. Yeah, it went a little bit over, but that's fine. I, I wish they Well done with the summary. More... You, you hit all the important points. Yeah, I, I actually, with that point at the end, I wish they would have been a little more explicit with the decapitation. Me too. <laughs> it's more implied. Uh, all right, so we're going to get to our five topics and ten minutes on the clock for each of those. So, Andy, where would you like to start? Direction, story, actors, characters, soundtrack, or special effects and explosions? Oh, good God. Where to start? <laughs> um, I didn't know I was starting this off. We'll go actors and characters, I suppose. All right. Ten minutes on the clock. Go for it. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the acting in this is really phenomenal bad. phenomenal yeah. it's like i've never seen the captain america guy before in anything but he's not great <laughs> <laughs> he's not great um i know the uh president i've seen before and obviously ned Beatty i've seen before but neither one of them are all that great either i mean all things considered i thought they were the best part of the movie <laughs> well Yes, but the, I'm, I've seen better performances from both, for sure. Yeah. I feel like they stand out here just because of how bad the rest is. They're just yes, normal and ho-hum and nothing. But yeah. in this movie, that stands out like, wow. Yeah. I felt like the guy who played the Red Skull couldn't keep his accent going very well <laughs> through a lot of it. Like, yep. I felt like he was mixing accents a lot. See, I had that same thought about that, because we'll get into it in story with what they do with the Red Skull, but did you feel like he was trying to mix Italian and German? Yes. Uh-huh. And it 100%. was just a fucking mess that ended up sounding like uh-huh. Serbian or something, or yeah. like Eastern European in some way, where it was just a yeah, complete I don't, I don't, nightmare? I don't know what was going on with it, but it, it, it was pretty bad. Um, I feel like the... Bernie's husband, after Steve comes back, was a comic book guy. I've seen him before. Like, was he one of the creators or one of, a guy from Marvel or something? 
Oh, I don't know. I didn't person. pay that close attention. Uh, I don't know. Let me see if I can find it. Also, did did you guys? This is something interesting for for characters and actors. Did you guys know that the um the parents from A Christmas Story are both in this movie? I did notice that later. I feel like I knew the dad was. Yeah, I'm trying to spot the, the mom, mom. The mom is actually the mom right before Steve goes. Like Steve, they have Steve's the little mom, like. Yeah. Yeah, oh. Steve's mom. She's in it for all of like, I don't know what. Yeah, there for the family photo, two, and that's two, about two it. Two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you got anything else, or I'll toss it off to somebody else. No. Yeah. Go. Go. <laughs> I, I can spin off it a little bit Good. because if you notice, he he did say that the dad was like a combo guy. If you notice, when Steve enters, uh, I guess the diner or whatever, the the bunker under the diner to go become Captain America. Um, it made me double take because they throw it off to like, oh, hey, Senator Kirby. And I was like, oh, I heard that. I caught that. Was yeah. like, I had to like go back and be like, wait, was that actually Jack Kirby there? Cause he was still alive at the time. Yeah. And I, it wasn't, I was going to be like, that's awesome. If Jack Kirby's there doing a Stan Lee cameo before Stan Lee, that would be amazing. It's not him. They just uh, threw, threw like a just little a nod, yeah, nod to Kirby. Yeah. Just a nod to Kirby, but it wasn't actually jack kirby which was disappointing that would have been like the most exciting thing uh, but i do have one moment that i actually noticed the acting looked good that moment uh was when uh what's her name sharon uh sees them wrapping up her mom dead i was like wow she actually tried to act there i, I don't know that she got it good but she tried she was actually trying. Which is no one else in that scene was helping her. They tried to rip her shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> that I caught too. Well, and and it's also a weird parallel because that actress played the younger version of Bernie, the older version of Bernie, and Sharon. Yeah. She was looking at yeah. her own character dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we only saw the hair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean they like I was not impressed by anything. All right. You got anything else to add or do you want me to toss to somebody else? I mean, some of it's comically bad, but <laughs> you know, it's, I feel like some of it could have been the editing that made it worse. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to, no, <laughs> no, no. I mean like there's moments where it's like, wow, they cut that really quick and it just seems to have had a worse effect. Oh yeah. 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 Um, my limited notes for, for this were Ned Beatty is here because Superman. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah. He, he was Come in off those, another comic book movie. So they approached him and paid him to be in this too. Um, I guess go, like anything else that I would say for basically this entire discussion, if you ever get a chance, because we did aforementioned, we rented this movie years ago. That's the first time I saw it. We watched all the special features. And the poor director, multiple occasions, keeps reiterating how they had this amazing script. It was a great story. Everybody loved it. And then maybe those budget cuts that we talked about earlier, it just kept chopping stuff away and away. So I'm going to give a little bit of leeway to all of the things we're going to talk about, and especially the actors that if you you know can't do the story that you want to then 
half the time the dialogue and the situations that you have to substitute for those can impact you know really how good your actors can do um and that might have played somewhat of a role um i would actually say honestly from my point of view i think matt salinger who i found out i think confirmed he is jd salinger's son Mm -hmm. Um, wait should i know who that is i don't know who that is uh catching the rye you don't know who it is okay yeah yeah, novelist um he was a real estate novelist (laughs) (laughs) nice 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 quip in there um i actually kind of liked his approach as steve I, I, I thought there was like... He looks like he's lost and dumb the entire movie. He can't wipe he, that off his he face. Is... He just got frozen alive! <laughs> I, he was so bumbling. Ugh. That, that's fair, I guess. The I, I thought... like You the, spend because, a because decade this, and a half walking with that limp. This, this movie did something that the modern first Captain America, you know, with, with Chris Evans did not, which is this movie tried to do both the past and the present and so you don't have any time to get to know steve before the experiment and that's critical to why i think the the modern captain works so well yeah but i think the want to be a good person boy scout aspect to to steve does try to come through enough um I don't think a Boy Scout would leave two different people stranded from their own car. He also thought that they were Nazi spies. Well, at least the first one. Yeah, I don't know. But, there, there's parts of this movie where Steve just comes across as so dickish to me, and it's like, I don't feel like that's Steve Rogers. Fair. Um, I did actually like the idea of, like, they switch up the Dr. Erskine role of of being and and really the whole red skull side of being of germanic origin they change it to a woman scientist and it's now italian instead of it being under hitler it actually originates still you know during world war ii time but under mussolini um and the idea of dr baselli they're they're, they're nazis they're 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 not they have like swastikas and they're they're nazis they're not well, they they are, but they I I think they to me they made it clear enough on this viewing that they're ge- I think they were like generalizing anything related to World War Two as Nazis, but he's kind Axis of in general. They, yeah, and they speak German. Well, like he's obviously like as they, we said, they raid he an Italian he's, boy's home to to take him, and that that's Nazis taking him away. That's not Italian. That's not the Italian army. Well, if they're right, but if they're in Italy, Italy being a not a bad ally thing. of Germany in World War Two, I'm just extrapolating that they're switching him, Red Skull, to an Italian descent. So therefore, I'm assuming the scientist in Italy also working under Mussolini instead of Hitler. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's not important. Well, because she says this isn't Mussolini's Italy, so she's Italian. Okay, so that, if that she says that to uh, Steve Rogers on the table. Yeah, she's Italian. Says the guy that watched yeah. the movie four times in four days. I think he knows <laughs> what people authority. are saying. <laughs> I, I mean, I see this movie more than the, anyone. <laughs> the, the people in the room that are in military uniforms are not wearing Italian military regalia. They're wearing iron crosses and eagles and swastikas. Like it's 
granted so the the most his you know history accurate details were not paid attention to all the time <laughs> not even close why I, I could I, I mean i could get into that but it's but initially I, I i forgot for my last viewing i didn't know if this if if her character took the erskine turn or not um and so initially i i thought oh that's actually an early version of sort of what the uh i forget what they called her but like the poison witch scientist lady from uh the first wonder woman the gal gadot wonder woman she had a nickname um that they referred to her as but yeah i can't think of the nickname but yeah um just i don't know i i I just like that they kind of spun some of the initial details and switched some things up uh ian let's get you in quickly for actors and characters Okay, one, Wade Preston is Jack, looked like uh, Kmart Tom Selleck. (laughs) uh, Steve Rogers here got to deliver the same line twice and neither time delivered with any conviction. And that line is, pull over the car, I'm going to get sick. (laughs) Neither time that I believe he was about to get sick. (laughs) But the characters he was trying to fool did. That's not my fault. (laughs) That is the writer's fault. Uh, did you have any else or no? Ian? No. No? Bef- before, uh, before we move on, I'm quickly going to note that Wade Preston, who Ian just mentioned, his real name is William Erskine Strange. Cool. Wait, what? Say that again? Wade, Wade Preston, who plays Sharon's father. Jack. Jack. The, the, the Kmart. One name. Kmart Selleck. Okay. His real name, his actor's name is Wade Preston. His real name is William Erskine Strange. Nice. So Dr. Erskine and Dr. Strange, all in one name. Got it right there. Yeah, that's why he was cast. (laughs) All right, so we've covered actors and characters. Anybody uh, who, we'll give it to Josh. What? Did you add anything? Oh, you know what? I don't know if I did. I'll I'll try to go quickly. Um, uh, Ronnie Cox is the president, Ned Beatty, I think, were the only two that felt like they acted in this movie. Salinger was fine, but again, I just felt like he had a stupid look on his face most of the time. <laughs> it just seemed really dumb. Uh, I, so I expect more from my Captain America, that's all I'm saying. Um, the Kim Gillingham, I guess, she, she had some decent moments. She tried. I don't know if they really gave her anything to do. She just seemed like she was there. Uh, Scott Paulson, Paulin's, Scott... Scott Pollan's Red Skull, I just felt like was very hammy. Like I don't know what movie that dude was in or what the hell he was trying to do, but that was that was just weird. I think we said earlier, Dick Tracy villain. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that would classify for me. That would me. fit really well. Uh Josh, I know I think you want to do soundtrack, right? Yeah, we can we try to hit that. Um so at first, like definitely within the first uh act, uh once Steve is introduced. I actually thought the like the original score to the to the movie wasn't all that bad. Definitely fit the theme most of the time. I thought it was like it was very big, bombastic, a lot of a lot of brass instruments. Um kept me feeling very patriotic a lot of the time. Like, yay, here we go. Country, we're gonna get them, whatever <laughs> it is. Um uh, what did I say? Oh, the other like original songs for the movie though there's one like that the plays licensed when... music stuff yeah like the end credit song and then the one that plays like mid movie when steve uh goes back home for the first time like that definitely pulled me out i was like oh what oh this has like... mean... 
Wow. Was it like the America Fuck Yeah remix? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you guys don't remember it, like, I'm, I'd am i be shocked. Like, it was like original, like, not just score, like, it was original songs. Yeah, yeah they I, they sounded like they were made specifically for the movie. Oh, definitely mm-hmm. they were. Oh, they banged. Oh, <laughs> I would expect nothing, nothing less. Um, but, uh, what did I say? Oh, Steve's theme after, oh, <laughs> so, so mentioning the, uh, uh, you know, tricking people to get out of their cars and then stealing them. I wrote Steve's theme after ditching Ned Beatty in Canada was bitching. <laughs> um, but the one thing that I really actually do want to point out, so. I am fairly sure that somebody screwed somebody out of something here. Um, I'm pretty sure there are there's a very short piece that got lifted by Alan Silvestri and that is used as almost like the main Captain America theme hook in the modern movies. So I, I, I was trying to pay attention to music. But to be honest, my eyes were too distracted by all the other bullshit that was going on. I couldn't really fix on it. But there were cues that I felt like hit a little bit familiar to me. I just never investigated them far enough to be like, is that what I think I'm hearing? So, and and I did investigate. And I'm going to I'm gonna present my evidence for you guys. You tell me what you okay. think. Okay, so I'm curious th- now. this first snippet, and I'm going to try to like really pay attention to like the last three to four seconds. This is the part where Steve is strapped to the rocket flying at the White House. The kid is taking the picture. Steve avoids the White House. And then the kid looks on. And it's just as he's looking on, you hear this like three second little piece. All right. Hopefully you can, you can hear this well enough. I heard it. Did you yeah, hear that like last that. last three or four seconds? Da, 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 yeah. Da, now da, with da. the news, Tom broke off. I I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, bear with me. I'm going to cue something else up here. All right. So this mark, this first piece of evidence is from Captain America: The First Avenger from t- 2011. It's at the oh I, well. I should also say if you're looking for the piece I just played, it's at about the 25 minute and 30 second mark on the the youtube version of this movie that that i found it lasts about which i posted on facebook so you have no seconds. excuse not to see it yes so it's like 25 30 to 25 40 so this is at the one hour nine minute 50 second mark of captain america the first avenger i'm gonna play it's got a little bit of dialogue at the beginning so you know where it's coming from it's when uh steve has gone into enemy territory on his own rescued everybody and they're on their way back to camp so listen to it as it as it comes in I think those two horn sections are almost identical. Yeah. yeah they are. I wonder if they did it on purpose. I'm Which, sure. Yeah. As, as an homage. Could be. Absolutely. The thing is, I couldn't find anything anywhere that was crediting or, or referencing 
the the other thing at all. Like in, no nowhere in movie credits, nowhere in in internet write ups. No, well, I'm wondering if like how much of a of a snippet or sample you need of a song to be able to like credit it. Like if it's that short of a cue, I don't know if that's enough to have to give someone else credit. I don't know. I don't know how all the licensing and stuff works. Very true. Um, the other piece that I grabbed was from Winter Soldier when they go into the Smithsonian and Steve's walking through his own exhibit. It's pretty much almost that same piece that you just heard from First Avenger. So I don't know if I yeah. need to play it again necessarily, but I, I I don't know if there's anybody that's really into this stuff out there. Please tell me if I am wildly wrong. <laughs> Because as soon as I yeah. heard it, and, and it, in in the nineteen ninety movie, it happens probably three or four times. You get yeah. that same little piece three or four different times. Um, yeah, fun fact: the uh, so... the cue that you played from First Avenger is the alarm that I wake up to every morning. <laughs> Captain America theme song <laughs> gets me going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that works for you. Um, so yeah, that is that is my piece on soundtrack. So I, I would insert that if uh, the stuff there is stolen, even without crediting, I am perfectly fine with it. <laughs> um, because, no, this is actually, look, this is justified, my opinion on this. Um, a lot of, like, the soundtrack they use that's meant to sound like pop songs. Okay. Sounds like it is YouTube uh versions of songs for like youtubers trying to avoid dmca claims while also playing popular music um are you like honestly like the song they're playing in the helicopter when they're tracking down cap in mm -hmm. uh canada oh, was yes. that not how you make me feel was that not doom, 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 doom? that's what it was and then just, yes it was michael jackson Oh yeah, okay. yes, they're playing Michael Jackson, but it's not Michael Jackson. They're using the damn song without using a copyrighted version of the song because they didn't yeah. want to pay for it. So if somebody stole some shit from them, I'm good with that. They do that more <laughs> than once. They do Vince it more than McMahon once. Did this enough... all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like it happens again later in the film, and so I'm okay with it. If it got ha if it happened to them too, I'm fine. <laughs> Plus, at the very least, like the the theme song that Silvestri writes for Captain America is fucking great. So if that took that little bit of a snippet to make a fucking epic theme song for Cap, I am all for it. There's fair things yeah. in in pop music that like ended up like in big lawsuits and uh, and settlements. Um, so for, like for instance, the the main hook to Bittersweet Symphony by the Verve. That was taken from the Rolling Stones from, if I remember, like some live concert album they did or something that maybe had a symphony with it, something like that. They didn't get permission for it, built that song around it and got sued really badly for it. I don't yeah. know if that happened here. <laughs> well, like I said, I think they honestly like they were I'm surprised it has not got DMCA for not having like a credit to Michael Jackson in some way. Because it's on YouTube, and YouTube does that with their thing. They like they have a thing. It's a, like a bot that listens to the videos you upload. They and they probably didn't do it because they know they didn't make any money and don't have any money to come. <laughs> <laughs> Blood from a rock. There. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, Andy, um, you want to get on soundtrack? I know you usually like the soundtrack portion. Uh, I thought it was really, really wonky. It's particularly like the action sequences just felt very happy-go-lucky for action sequences. <laughs> uh, um, 
in particular when he went back to the diner went back to find the diary and they like followed him down that whole scene was just <laughs> sometimes <laughs> uh, it broke like, Andy yeah sometimes <laughs> when music sounds different than what's happening in the movie sometimes it's very good this was not very good <laughs> at all uh, that's all I have to say about that sound like Forrest Gump Ian you got anything for soundtrack so when Steve's in the Molson truck that song bangs <laughs> Like no, that country song keeps saying, "Memories of you, girl." That song bangs. That makes Captain America like the most bangerific superhero ever. (laughs) That's my review of the soundtrack. Okay, yeah, there there was nothing good about this soundtrack. I like I said, I I vaguely remember hearing some things every time they did some sort of original music that wasn't just a theme just distracted me from anything else that was happening. It just pulled me out of the moment. If there was a moment, they tried hard for a moment. I don't think it worked on me. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, nothing about this really stood out to me. Good. I mean, it was just bad. Bad is the word I will use. I will, I will be honest. Uh, the score that I'm going to give was raised, uh, a quarter of a point by what Josh just pointed out. So you're at, 0.25 for this movie and that's it. I don't I mean well no I didn't I mean spoilers <laughs> for the viewers here spoilers <laughs> for the viewers they didn't hear all the pre-discussion but um all right so let's get on to uh Ian you want to do special effects and explosions or you got somewhere else you want to go um oh this, that's tough this is oh, I know that's usually your category so do you want that one I, or store your direction um no, it's tough because all of these have bangers on them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll go story. So this movie opens up with the worst piano recital I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I've heard of kids not being able to play the piano and kill the audience. But this! <laughs> uh, oh, God. How long did it take you to get that joke? That's the first thing I wrote on here. <laughs> I really like that... Um, Ned Betty's character, so when he's a child, he has the pencil in the ear, and then he keeps that as an adult. And they did a really cool thing with the story. How long the pencil is, is how long his lifespan he has left to live. (laughs) (laughs) I think you almost killed Mike there as he's taking a drink. (laughs) I really like the story, so they get Steve Rogers in, this deformed freak boy, who still somehow found love. They bring him in, they strap him to the chair, and they do the experiment. And he, like, kind of twitches afterwards, and someone's like, good job, Doc. I'm like, he, that just means he's alive. <laughs> like, they didn't yeah. kill him. Good job. Yeah, they don't, they don't know anything of the results. He just hasn't died yet. His and skipping it, disease might still be present. It might <laughs> it, it just in this amazing twist of a story, this guy shows up, and it's like, hell, Hitler! <laughs> <laughs> that was so random. <laughs> like, I knew it was coming, and it still, like, scared the crap out of me, because he just shouts at this woman's face. Point blank. Yeah, oh that was it. Was jarring because it was so bad. <laughs> then, then he gets tied. Then he invade. Well, actually, let's get back. So he's now injured from this shooting that took place from this Nazi. And the colonel's like, "Doc, I'm not going to lie to you. Thousands of American lives depend on this like guy getting alive." And so Steve Rogers twitches again. Well, that's how you know he's okay. That's a sign. <laughs> and he stands up and says, "You know, where, where's that missile at?" 
Steve Rogers delivers this line like sweating. <laughs> he is dying. <laughs> but the story says he's going over to Germany <laughs> to stop this missile. But he looks like he's dead. And I don't know if that's a miscue between the story and the director. Or that just didn't work for me. Um, Not to mention they were basing our entire military strategy at this point on one man. Who is just kind of stronger than other guys. We have an entire army. And they're like. But this one guy. Yeah. And then this made no sense to me. So he goes there to stop the rocket. So, and then he loses, but he does manage to avoid the White House from getting blown up. So at this point, it's established that Nazis have a rocket that can shoot from somewhere in Germany, presumably, to Europe. DC, and then still have enough fuel to reach the Arctic or Canada. <laughs> Alaska is where it's you at. You know, in one shot. And they have the Red Skull, but they lose the war. How did they lose this war? <laughs> How? 1943, they had a, miss, a missile that could track, eh, you know. Halfway uh, around the planet. Yeah, you know, 13,000 miles or so. Then, they only made one, though. Also, yeah, it was yeah, a one-shot. It's true. This is also weird because, like, everyone only has a pistol in this film, and I feel like they should have at some point bought a rifle. It's like there wasn't in the budget. For the film, for anyone to not use pistols, I feel like somebody, uh, somebody yeah, there was, was shooting like rifles. SMGs at Cap yeah. before. Yeah, I, that skull I, I shoots a couple machine guns at him. I have a oh, note at, the very at one end, point yeah, for, for they're like shooting an SMG and it's making the pew 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 sound like <laughs> like Star Wars, but it's also making a gun sound at the same time. I feel like I did notice a couple Star Wars sound effects in there. It was weird, they, like two different gun sounds happening at the same time. Yeah, why did they overlay this? Then they give, like, there's some great lines written into the film because I doubt anyone could ad lib for their life in this goddamn movie. <laughs> so you have, of course, I brought it up, like, please pull over. I am going to be sick. Delivered with nothing. There's nothing behind that line. Then we have Captain America's catchphrase, gee whiz. <laughs> ah, gee whiz. <laughs> and then his fucking classic, then his classic quip he says to the girl when they're getting shot at, time to leave. <laughs> These lines are just fucking awful. And then I, I I guess I feel like this is the worst line in the film is the president finds a phone after being freed. It's like, operator, this is the president. Give me the NATO commander. Like that would work. <laughs> yeah. Who why write that line? Like just, who cares? Like didn't need the NATO commandos at any point. Well, they also have the line right after where he says, Oh, I wouldn't believe it either. Yeah, and then I guess the last final thing that's not line related. Why did everyone have to, like, be young and old in the movie? Like, the president never needs to be Captain America. That just doesn't need to happen. Uh, General Fleming doesn't also need to be the guy that brought the Nazi to kill the doctor. And how did no one know that? How does that guy infiltrate the government that far and they still lose the war? <laughs> and who was fighting this hide. war? If you were responsible for bringing that guy, how are you not fired? And why right. is his tail yeah, you literally gave the tour ear. to the guy that kills the scientist, and yet you still have a job 50 years later. Oh, wait, I never put that together. Yeah, you can tell because he grabs so his ear. He grabs his ear when Captain America stands up, and then when he's giving the interview on television, he grabs his ear. That's yeah. the Oh, tell. shit, I never put that together. <laughs> third, third viewing, that's when I noticed. <laughs> I, I was probably in tears from laughing, so. <laughs> oh, well, at least this movie got a reaction out of you. There's a few things for me. I guess story-wise, like, obviously we have the, um, why the fuck is Cap from Redondo Beach? 
of all <laughs> goddamn places, Redondo Beach. And then yeah, Rancho Cucamongo. Come on. I, right well, it, it, was it just me or was this secret lab where they were like making, you know, where they turned Cap'n to Cap also in Redondo Beach? It seemed like it was based on the way they cut the movie. Um, I don't think I guess, they ever yeah, like because the restaurant that was around there, right? Like it yeah, didn't seem yeah, like the they, get, they went right far there, for the yeah. restaurant. That's right. No, I mean. But at the same time, they, he ran from his house to Bernie at the beach in twelve seconds. <laughs> um, and that was with a limp. <laughs> yeah, which uh, again, Cap was evidently chosen for this program because he was somebody they could fix his disability or some shit. Which they never even told us what it was. He just kind of skipped. Yeah, I, like, th- I think they did mention uh, something about taking a kid with polio. Oh, it was supposed to be polio? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that does sound familiar. Yeah, yeah. They said so that and they polio... also mentioned deformed boys. Okay. Um, it was old. Now, why didn't they of use Frank- Franklin Roosevelt? No, that's that's fine. Um So there's a few things I would point out that um are really fun. Uh one is evidently this movie decided that it only matters uh to have your subtitles if you're speaking in another language sometimes. Oh, yeah. The whole beginning of the movie, they're talking like German and no one's translating anything. It happens later when they go to Italy, too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's several times, and it's like, these are just subtitles. You can tell us what's said. Like, we don't need to be sitting here thinking, like, putting together the context. Just, it, it's a subtitle. Just put it on the fucking, it's not like you didn't use them at all. Yeah. No, see, the camera was from the perspective of a deaf person. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, sure. Um, Maybe. Um. Did anybody else catch the, um, I'm trying to think of the right, like, the, uh, way that the president kills the the, the Red Skull's henchmen? Yes, I wrote that down. Exactly the same as John Walker killing the, in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. When he kills the kid. L- lifts with the, 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 with the shield. The, shield the same, yeah. same shield down. bash yep. from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Same exact shield bash. And I'm oh, like, come on. Andy, Andy hasn't watched that show. <laughs> oh, um, Andy, sorry. have you seen Civil War? Yeah. Okay. So when Cap like is gonna kill Tony, but doesn't kill Tony, and he smashes it into his chest instead, it's like that, but not like anything else. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Forget the last ten seconds you just <laughs> heard. <laughs> um. So like the whole big plot in this movie, um. By the Red Skull and, I don't know, whatever cabal of evil folks that are there with him. Um, yeah, it's Captain Planet's uh, villain. <laughs> yeah, yes, his rogue exactly. Gallery. This is, the, the President of the United States wants to enact a bill to prevent pollution as much as possible and start to, like, do an environmentally good thing. And they're like, no, we want to keep polluting. And that yeah, is the entire reason for this villain's existence. Medicine. Yeah, like that, like that being the reason, kind of. Be honest, I feel like that's the most accurate thing in this movie. Yeah, it, yeah, the, no, the, the, you know, it's not far off with the with the politician from America being somebody that would go to these lengths, but the Red Skull would not give a fuck about this. Nah. Oh, true. Yeah, he's paying like, them back for helping him after the war. Yeah, and the Red Skull also happens to be like the doer of all evil things ever. And it, that was also kind of weird. Um, 
th- th- there's also a fun bit where they uh, kidnap the president of the United States and they're going to implant him and reinsert him. Listen, it's always been a thing. If the president of the United States is kidnapped, that very instant, uh, whoever the vice president is or was, is immediately sworn in as president, and that's that. Like, that that's a thing. Yeah, that's the it's only thing that pulled me out of the that's movie. A, <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, it's if, if the president is compromised, the vice president is sworn in mm-hmm. immediately. It's not like a... I feel like that would have made sense if they know. showed us at least one time who the vice president is. Yeah, that would have helped. But we don't. <laughs> well, this president um, had a lot of personal downtime in his jeans in the Oval Office. <laughs> Just like Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also, Cap, I guess this will be my last point. I heard the thing go off. Um, two points. One, the president tries to perform a MacGyver and fails. That was kind of funny. And um, pointless to show us because it failed. Yeah. But also, these people are holding the president of the United States captive. They do not leave a single guard watching his cell. They just walk away. This is the president of the United States. We've got nobody needs to watch that. <laughs> He's old and old and frail. What? He can't get out of that steel cage. What? The fuck? Um, that just, <sighs> dude. It was, was old timey Italian steel. Nobody was getting out of there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's true. Uh, Andy and Josh, I just want to make sure we get you guys in here for a little bit. Josh, what do you got for a story? Uh, I got a quick laundry list that I'll hit. Um, they kind of gave Red Skull almost like a Magneto-esque origin that they tried to retcon, which could have been different. You know, I mean, number, the adolescent boys uh, 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 affected by things and, and, and turned into something else during World War II. Um, but that never really came back to fruition. It was just like, oh, look, we did this to a kid and now he is an evil dick. Oh, okay. So I thought for sure with them coming back to the recording every time that that was going to have something to do with the end of the movie. And then by the time you get to the roof of that castle, there's a random fucking piano on the roof and they're playing the recording. And I'm like, he's going to like revert to a child and start playing the piano. Nothing like that happens. And I was very nope. disappointed. Correct. That's because it was his mother encouraging him. His mother, Martha. <laughs> and, and things that don't come back. Same idea, the hand being cut off? Yes, I got that down, yeah. too. Um, Never comes back. said uh, the Red Skull goes all Peter Pettigrew, cuts his own hand off, which was metal, but didn't matter and didn't wasn't mentioned ever again. It was um, also stupid. He had they every opportunity it. to cut Cap's hand off instead of his own at that point. Yeah. And he just he's like, eh, my own, fuck it. Uh, Red Skull also grew up a lot in seven years after being captured. Just going to move on from that. <laughs> um, also, if you want to change the trajectory of a rocket and you're strapped to it, just kick it. <laughs> That's science. You only care when you see a boy looking at you near the White House. With a fr- freaking camera that has the telephoto lens the size of a fucking telescope, apparently, that he can zoom in and see Cap like right in front of his face from how many yeah. feet away. When, when it's moving like 158 miles an hour. Right. Um, why does West Germany have a region in Alaska? I'm just going to move on from that. I don't care about the answer. Uh, <laughs> they I also like... weren't West Germans in the camp. Yeah, correct. They were Americans, um, but it was a West German camp. I like that the secret lab in the 1990s was under the peach pit. I, like, I dug that. Uh, Been there. The, 
the fake sick steal the car move works every time. <laughs> two for two. That's his. That's his. Like one of his top three powers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was joking with Ian that that Cap's kryptonite is fucking modern day power locks that someone can do for their keychain. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you guys caught this towards the end. One of the guys who uh, was one of one of the German terrorists from Die Hard was on the Red Skull's crew. I'll let you go back and watch that and find out yeah, who I'm, I'm talking that, about. That gives me one excuse to look through the movie again. Uh, it's in it's in the last like climax castle scene. Uh, this is my favorite mo- experience moment of watching this movie. So Sarah is watching it with me. She has seen this before too, but she's doing something else and she's preoccupied, not really. Ha- she's like half paying attention. The climax is coming through uh, Act 3. Cap meets up with the president during the fight, hands him Sam's decoder thing, and says, I wrote this down. He says, Sam wanted me to give you this. It was the last thing he said before he died. To which Sarah then chimes in, out of nowhere, by the way, he's dead also. (laughs) Because this pre- that would have been a good line. Because the president was not privy to this <laughs> yeah. information yet, and had no idea that his friend was dead or why he would right. be giving this. That was my that's Spe- good speaking writing. of um, yeah. information the president is not privy to. Um, not long after that, uh, the president refers to Sharon by her own name, even though he's only ever seen her but never met her, talked to her, or known of her existence before that moment. Yeah, ah, good catch. Well, the other thing with Sam's death is that the president has now talked to the guy who stranded him in Canada that led to his death. <laughs> well, he doesn't know that. That's, you know, that wasn't really important. That wasn't germane to the conversation. <laughs> Idolizes Captain America. Captain America led him to his death. He got that so picture that's, that's that real time. fun. Cap also strands Sharon in Italy by herself. Yeah, and Very somehow she finds her way to him, to too, randomly. What the fuck? Yeah, but, I mean, is, is it stranding someone when it's, like, a two-minute walk? <laughs> I, yeah. Good point. It's more of an inconvenience. Uh, Andy, do you have anything for a story? Uh, no, I think covered pretty <laughs> much everything that I was going to say. Since, since we've talked about Andy, the entire you're supposed movie. to say no, and the director didn't either. <laughs> well, that's uh, for direction. We're not there yet. <laughs> All right, well, okay. you got direction coming up next, because I don't think I have anything to add for story either. I think I've made my piece. Uh, Andy, so direction. Go for it. Um... That was a train wreck. <laughs> like an absolute train wreck. <clears throat> the uh the action sequences were poorly cut. The 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 cutting between scenes was ridiculous. I feel like we went seven different places in seventeen seconds a couple of times, or just like it was hard to follow because you're like you're in Alaska, you're in you're in Italy, you're in Washington DC. Uh it just it, it was bad. I didn't I didn't really care for any of the cuts, any of the really any of it. <laughs> Even just like the yeah, pacing. Just, like it sped up yeah, it when just, it shouldn't have. It slowed down when you didn't need it to. Yeah, it was it was like the whole the whole beginning scene where he goes to fight the Red Skull was just a travesty of Captain America's um origin story. It it was it was it was ugh. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what do you got for direction? Oh, I could go on for quite a bit. Um, let me just work on some logic questions at first. 
um, whoever directed this decided that uh, international evil spies uh, carry I- accurate identification cards on them. Oh yeah, because um, they get how else would they cross the border, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it just that that was um, that gives you a good basis for where this is at in terms of direction. <sighs> you know, there, there's so many things that you could say bad about this movie in direction. Like, there's a moment when Cap throws a guy down. Like, it's not an elevator shaft, but it's several floors down. Laundry chute. That's sure. what I sort of attributed but it as. You, you hear but the guy go. already in the basement, so I don't know where that actually It goes to goes. hell. The chute goes to hell. <laughs> yeah, because you don't actually hear him hit. Yeah. That never exactly. occurred to that, me that they were already in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was my problem with it is what Andy said. You never hear him hit. You hear, ah, and I'm waiting for no splash, at the bottom. Captain. The, there was nothing. There was no yeah. squish. He's still so he's, falling. He's still thing. going. You know, like Doctor Strange is going to pull him out in the next movie, and he's just going to fall through a thing like Loki and be like, "Been falling for thirty years." Um, not to mention that scene, the like the fight in the basement is probably oh, the best God. fight scene in the movie, but you can't see what the fuck is going on. <laughs> it's all dark. Oh, uh, that was one thing I wanted to mention that the. the None of the fight scenes gave me the impression that Steve Rogers, Captain America, had super strength. Nope. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Because he, fl- he flips a whole bunch. That's about it. Yeah, but he's yeah, also he stunned flip. when the Red Skull throws the shield back and it goes through concrete. He's like, what? You could do that? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's possible? Speaking of shield throws, that can go under direction. Every time this dude throws that shield... It looks like it's it's going to go like 50, 60, 100, 200 feet straight up in the fucking air. And then it cuts <laughs> the next cut and it's right back down to heading where it's supposed to on a weird fucking pattern. It's it was like, the only way to film it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I, I have no idea what the hell they were doing with the shield throws. It was bad. I feel like you could literally see it wiggle when he tries to throw it. Like, it was not any type of metal or solid material. Very flimsy. Also, did we we never got a return on the um, the notebook or the diary? Did we? He he like found it and then. I, well, I thought that like it led to like the daughter's name or something. No, that's the idea they yes. get from the daughter. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's like, the idea I just I don't, mentioned. I don't I don't understand why they even needed to know his name. What did that help them do? They they forgot to mention the part where the diary wasn't helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um. The, the coolest thing that could have existed in this movie, and it was, I guess, a directorial choice not to include it, was the kidnapping of a president. That National Treasure capable. 2 did this. They showed how you can do this. Yeah. And what did this movie do? They were like, oh, yeah, the president was kidnapped. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was all, like, Shakespearean. He, like, wait, how? Can we see it? No? Okay. That might have been really, like, fun, or, like, it could have added a positive note. Um, to the movie. Just watch Air Force um, One and pretend Harrison Ford didn't win. Yeah, maybe. It's pretty good. Um, let me see if I have anything else like significant or, um. Oh, I guess this is the last thing I'll end on. This is 
the best way I can say it. I'm pre- this movie was made in what 1988, from what you said earlier, and then it was released in '90 because of all the stuff. Yeah, that I guess happened. that would track. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that this movie was originally made, and then they just pieced it together from there. But originally, it was made as a 2020 uh, Bernie Sanders for president ad, um, with Captain America saying. This is for you, Bernie, and all the other Bernie things that he says Bernie a lot in this movie is, uh, is, yeah, is I guess, the point I'm getting to, and I'm pretty sure that's where this came from. Um, they're like, someday, this Bernie Sanders senator guy, he's going to need this. <laughs> Playing the long and, con. And, that's and why they he lost. Like, they didn't use it enough. Well, no, no. Like, they, they brought it to him back then. They were like, do you want to use this when you decide to run for president someday? And he was like, you're why would I use this? So they cut a whole movie around the Bernie cuts. And that's how we got what we got. <laughs> Release the Bernie Pretty sure cut. that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, Ian, anything for direction? So this this director can be summed up in, I think, like two two scenes. So right after the young Rapscallion's family is murdered, um, a piece of sheet music is flying off the piano and landing on a pair of stairs. And at that exact moment, the screen says, music by Barry Goldberg. <laughs> Yeah. I wrote that down. <laughs> that was a positive. That was, that was beautiful. I was like, okay, that's two minutes into this movie. I was like, maybe this is going somewhere. <laughs> and then it does not. <laughs> and then, like, the other thing that sums up his directing is when Jack's in the hospital and they're taking care of her, she's like, oh, he'll like this. And they put on uh, uh, that letter game, Family Feud. They put on um, Wheel of Fortune. And, and then they cut to a nurse. And they immediately cut away from her. They just needed to establish her presence. And then you just hear a voice say, I'm sorry, but you have to leave now. <laughs> like, why couldn't the nurse just have said that in the two seconds you show her instead of cutting away and ADRing it in? The ADR like, so in this movie ADR'd in here. is so like, rampant. When he meets the old Sam, you know, the newspaper guy, and Sam asks Captain America, who was shooting at you? He's like, Nazis, who are you? <laughs> Like, was that the best way to deliver any of that information? No. Can, can we also note that Cap lands somewhere? He doesn't know where. He doesn't know he's in Alaska when he lands and freezes. He wakes up from that, goes into a tent, breaks out of a block of ice, takes off out of the tent, manages to decide which direction is the correct to go. Because he doesn't know South Pole, North Pole, Alaska, Montana. He knows no idea where the fuck he is. But he manages to find his way to Canada. Sure, sheer luck. But then, having no idea where he went, two helicopters were enough to locate him on the Alaska-Canada border somewhere. Which is, I don't know, roughly the size of the west coast of the United States. Not to mention a Volkswagen pickup. Yeah, coincidentally, <laughs> yeah. He, the other guy just shows up at the same exact spot at the same fucking time. Yep. And like, he said Volkswagen pickup. There is a Volkswagen versus Porsche chase scene in this movie. <laughs> just want to put that that is a thing. No, no, that, I'm pretty sure that was a Fiat. Uh, okay. The the like the little clown car thing that he was driving? Yeah, wow, what a, okay. It Yeah, that, that was a Fiat. <laughs> okay. I, but I either way the Porsche wins. <laughs> like, I guess yeah, I have like a was... like a question about the director because I feel like they wrote some scenes and then they tried to shoot him and it didn't work and he said let's press through this. So Captain America steals that bike and then he kind of just almost bunny hops it into the ocean. Like, was he trying to eat her, or like, what was he trying to do? Like, what was the point of that? I love when both of them ride the bike off the whatever, like cliff or whatever that was. Like, they could have very easily just jumped off the bike way before that, but they had to ride it to its conclusion way off the side of the Brian, building. But he's 
But he established there's no breaks. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's another another point where uh, I think um, Chris Evans, Captain America, just puts his foot down and stops it himself. Yeah. Yeah, there's no bikes, <laughs> no brakes on this bike. What are we gonna do? I'm Captain. I'm a superhero. We we don't have this. And then the 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 Red Skull's daughter, the Fem Squad, and I don't know her friend Femme at squad. that point. They determined that well, nobody could have held their breath for ten seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's turn around and sur- walk sur- away. Survived that fifteen foot cliff. <laughs> yeah, like. It see to me, it wasn't even survive. It was like, oh well, he got away again. It was. I didn't know where at the time, but Josh, I want to get you in for direction. What do you got? Um, I actually literally did write that same music by note down that Ian mentioned. Um, <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I guess all all I got was uh, otherwise that like yeah in the, the I guess the quote Canada chase scene if that's where it's happening. Um, that they went right from helicopters to motorcycles jumping out of helicopters and then went on a forest chase. That was pretty metal. Um, I don't have much more other than I just felt like the directing was visually distracting that was was my note everything about everything visually in this movie was distracting to me and not in a good way do you think the forest motorcycle chase scene was better shot than like the land speeder endor chase scene no (laughs) (laughs) there was just enough of kind of deliberate pause there where I'm like he actually considered it as soon as I put the two visuals side by side, I was like, no, no. The end of chasing has like... a lot of arguments around it, Josh. You may not be as privy to it, you know, not being in that fandom, but there is some arguments surrounding what happened with that. Ah, fair. But um, I, I, there is one other, I guess, minimal thing, and I forgot what it was. <laughs> the Endor thing threw me off. <laughs> But it, it it wasn't it wasn't major. But well, it was, uh, uh, oh oh the, the the one fight scene, the, there is a moment where you were talking about distracting directing. Yeah. There's a moment one of the fight scenes where Cap punches a guy across his body. He's punching from his right to his left. The guy's body flies in a direction. We get like the shot of the punch. Then we get a shot of the guy flying in the direction that was not the way he was punched. And then. It cuts like it's like three quick, like maybe three or four frames. Okay, cut from the punch, three or four frames with the guy flying in the wrong direction, and then right back to Cap facing the complete opposite direction again already. <laughs> it's like boom, 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 and none of it made any sense. Like it was like, did, it, did he just, did they, are we supposed to think that that just happened sequentially? Yeah, I think like anything about these action sequences are so are are edited and directed so poorly that you can't tell what the hell's going on. And like yeah. I said, the one fight that I felt like I could understand how they were fighting and what was going on was the one in the complete black in the dark in the basement <laughs> that I can't see anything. Like these are some good noises. I think I know where I can follow this. Um, Mike, I don't remember if we started with you for anything, and the only thing left is special effects and explosions. So if you want that one, it's yours. Okay. Um as I mentioned earlier, we do get what I would call double gun sounds, where you're getting kind of a pew sound, um, but you're also getting the sound of a gun. Like, you're getting what sounds like it should be the gun, but you're also getting a weird pew sound at the same time, and it, I don't know, it made no sense. But it was when they were firing, I guess, whatever automatic weapon, and it was hitting the ground as they were, I don't know, stormtroopering their shots towards them or something. Um, That was pretty bad. 
Um, again, we talked about how Red Skull after plastic surgery looks like a Dick Tracy villain. What we didn't talk about was how bad the Red Skull looks like before that in the uh, World War II scenes as Red Skull. What the fuck was that? Oh, yeah. he looked awful. That I know. He looked like handsome Squidward, but red, so I was fine <laughs> with it. <sighs> God, it was so bad. Like I, I I like where did they look at the what comic did they look at to determine that they were going to make him look like that? You think they looked at a comic book? <laughs> That's generous of you. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Even still, if somebody tells you Red Skull, are you just like, eh, just, you know, make I mean, it red and juicy? I mean, they at least got the basic concept. I mean, my my notes for those two transitions was Red Skull, 1943, eh, not too bad. Red Skull in 1990s, they ran out of money. I feel like I read somewhere that it was a conscious choice by one of the writers to change the way Red Skull looked when they got to, like, modern present day. Well, that like, was a bad choice then. Something along the lines of, like, I don't think people want to see the actual guy that just has a red skull. We got to make him look, like, I don't know, more human or, or modern well, or I something. Well, I mean, it wouldn't fit into their story at all to have him stand out, I guess, more than... But, I don't know. We, then there's, like, no included elements of, like, okay, so how did he grow skin and hair back? Right. Like, they, yeah. there's not, like, when you meet the Red Skull... Plastic surgery, they clearly said it. <laughs> they did, they meet, did say plastic surgery. When you Skin meet, grafts and... When you meet the Red Skull, though, you get the impression he's been like this for a while or something. Well, like, let, it wasn't, let's be clear. This is... I don't know. This is the Italian Red Skull. Okay, this is not Johann Schmidt. Uh, this is... Do we ever get his real name, by the way? I don't think we I do. Think, it's Tazio. It's listed somewhere. I don't remember it's, where. Okay, like I feel like we got the last name, but not the first. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. Okay, but nonetheless, we have Italian Red Skull in this, and maybe that's why he's different. I don't, I don't, man, I don't know. Um, yeah, I got nothing. But in terms of explosions, I'm gonna do Ian a favor here. Right off the top, I'm giving it a minus five. <laughs> there was uh, a pretty cool explosion in it, actually. I only made well, note of one explosion. I got two. I'm taking five off because Cap rides a missile that's a bomb or a missile or whatever all the way across and it lands and doesn't explode. You have an explosion <laughs> that should have been a very big, awesome explosion that didn't happen at all. He, he a, a bomb comes down out of the sky and doesn't go boom. Hey, um, in, in, uh, in the MCU, that is Wanda's origin story that bomb goes True. off that the she she her her and her brother don't exist uh, okay <laughs> it can happen but they, but they didn't make an overt thing showing me a man riding the bomb and make a whole big thing about like it wasn't the bomb landed in the snow the cold snow counteracted what would have been fire all right, don't try to defend this movie. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, no yeah, okay. Um, so, cap breaking out of the ice was actually kind of a cool effect. You know, he was he. That's absolutely like if you freeze a lizard in an ice cube, that's what happens. Um, I'm just yeah. Well, we all know that. <laughs> yeah, that that's exactly how it happens. Just go ahead yep. and do it, guys. Um, put put your lizards in ice cubes and watch what happens. You can Captain America the lizard. You're not freezing um, my lizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the views and opinions of Mike are not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to him and take that as my the word of Brian out of Super Friends. Um, no, I mean, I, separately <laughs> entity. I, I don't really have anything else for special effects. I mean, like, I think I got into it a little bit with the directing and how bad the shield tosses looked. Would have liked to have seen the decapitation, as Josh said earlier. Yeah. Um, I will say, the you know, I feel like they did spend a lot of their special effects budget on that bomb device he's holding at the end just by having moving parts. I feel like it's probably too. something that uh, they, they spent a, a few lot bucks to on. have that work. Yeah. It, and in my opinion, him diffusing the situation in the bomb, wouldn't the Red Skull falling down the cliff, like... Couldn't that have activated the bomb? Easily. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. See, the and trick also, of the mind, Andy, there was no bomb. And I feel <laughs> like if Captain America can survive that fall, which I do believe he could, then shouldn't the Red Skull be able to survive that fall? Well, forgetting they do he's only show got one arm falling <laughs> several times. Like, they show, well, not several times, but they show the whole fall. Which I will give them credit for. They tossed a dummy off a cliff, and they were just like, get a wide-angle view of that thing hitting everything on the way down. Yeah, and got man, one dummy. Wrote that it down. just went, boom, boom. It really, like, it got fucked up going down that cliff, and it was a good shot. Yeah. For special effects, I'll say that was actually fun, because I'm watching that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that dude would be dead. They just got another quarter point from you, didn't they? Just, <laughs> just no. called it called it them throwing... Um... A Ken doll down a sandcastle. <laughs> I mean, it was a better fall down than Turtles 3. <laughs> well, the, Turtles yeah, movies just... suck! No, no. The views of Ian Leidick are not reflected as a podcast as a whole. <laughs> they just edit out the fall in Turtles 3, so it's got to be better than that. All right, we got you, you three and a half it. minutes left. I want to make sure we get everybody you saw, else yeah, you saw the real splash in this one. Uh, Josh, what do you got for special effects explosions? Uh, 1930s red, I'll call him Red Skull Skin Rat, looks pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. Um, Forgot about there, there were a lot of sparks and machine bursts mm-hmm. happening at Steve's experiment, so you knew science was happening. A lot of happening. 40 pyro. Yeah. Um, you know, because if, if, if something wasn't sparking out, you know, then the experiment's not working properly. Uh, and then I wrote that after he gets his powers and tries to go after Schmidt the first time, he gets to the like the Nazi camp and some shit blew up. It happened. That's all I got. Uh, Andy, special effects explosions? I actually thought that the uh, truck that he pushes when that explodes from his shield or something uh, was actually a fairly decent explosion. I don't understand the... Um, physics of how he got that to explode with his shield <laughs> and also that the last time we saw him he was standing right next to it and didn't get hurt i don't understand any of that part but the explosion was cool yeah fair uh anything for, for special effects so i specifically wrote down all that point andy i wrote that's not an explosion that's random fires they just showed random fire <laughs> not an explosion and I did not. I normally last movie Ghost Ghost Rider. I counted Pyros' explosions, and this movie that wasn't really Pyro. They kind of put some sparklers on attached to machines. <laughs> so this gets a zero out of ten for explosions for me. But I did really like when they gave the Nazi the when he throws the and Steve Rogers throws him into the machine to explode him or you know to shock him it's like a skull shocking finale, and that's enough to kill the super Nazi spy. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And no one, like, goes to shoot him or anything. They're just like, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, it, that, that panel that we just left open to be touched uh, will definitely shock you and kill you instantly. Yeah. And they did a good job of putting a bunch of dust in the basement when they go back there <laughs> later. That was It felt, like, old. They got a dust machine. They got a dust guy, you know? No, I just assumed they filmed it three years <laughs> later. Uh, the only explosion I remember is sort of the one we keep talking about is the truck one, which, sure, it, it stuff exploded, they, it did its job, that's fine. Um, special effects-wise, I don't feel like the Red Skull looked good. Uh, the shield that he keeps throwing looks like one you get from a discount Halloween store, so I was not cool with that. And it sounded like that, too. I mean, yeah, it honestly like part, they, sounded like a Frisbee. It looked like they painted a snow disc. Like, uh, let's... Yeah. I'd, I'd buy oh, that. Oh, yeah, too. like Christmas vacation. Later, dudes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wax that up and go to light speed. Uh, the the only thing that actually got maybe a half a point for me is like the, the look of Captain America's costume. It was comically accurate to the way he looks in the comics. It looks like a rubber piece of shit, like to wear it, but aesthetic wise, it fits what he looked like in the comic book. Even the little wings on, the, on his like headpiece, they put him on there. Cool. She the, loved them, red, white, and blue. Did, yeah. The, the the facial mask looked awful on that actor. Oh, yeah. Like yes. Every time he turned to look at someone, you could tell that he couldn't see shit. Yeah, you can only look forward. You can't look side to side. Did you That's... notice, though, that when he had the cowl on, that the ears were fake? Which, no. He had fake ear. That His head was totally covered. They did not cut out holes for his real ears. They put fake ears over on the outside of, <laughs> no. of the cowl. I did not notice that. I did not notice <laughs> oh that. Oh my no. god, I have to look at that. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. That's that's all I got. Uh, so we've hit our five categories. So one of the questions I'm going to ask everybody, do you think this movie holds up and do you think it ever held up? Uh, we'll start with Josh because I feel like he might be a little bit more generous than most. Um, I mean, my, my answers are still going to be no and no, but... <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to do it as venomously as everybody else. Fair. Uh, Andy, what do you think? Uh, well, I thought this was a movie made in 1990, and it turns out it was made in 1988. I don't think that really helps it any, but uh, still no and no. <laughs> I mean, considering other stuff that was made around the same time period, it's like the, you look at the bar and it's like, what the fuck happened with this movie? Right. Like, like I feel like when was Willow made that had really good special effects. Right. And like you watch this and you're like, what a bumbling piece of shit with this predator was made before this. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously I think you can put a lot on the budget because this movie does not have the time or money to do anything. You can't do anything with that. $3 million okay, is not a way to make a superhero movie for anybody. But, Hellraiser came out was made that like came out in 1987 and had a million dollar budget. All right, then yeah. See, I I have no excuses anymore. I'm I'm out. Like, like, like come on. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Hold up, don't don't hold up. There's no defending this. Is <laughs> there's like you can't possibly say that this holds up. Did it ever hold up? No. There's a reason this went straight to VHS. This isn't even like straight to DVD or straight to no, it, or like this is straight to VHS. And no, this went straight to Betamax. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go to VHS. Like, they uh, couldn't afford it. Ian, what do you think? 
Uh, so this movie, if you watched it in 1990 and then watched it today, it did not hold up. Now, did this movie hold up from my first viewing Monday to my fourth viewing today? <laughs> yes, entirely held up. Has it, it gotten progressively movie? better? Like, did you start like this is shit, and then the more you've watched but it, it's just here's the thing. On you? Like the second time, I swear to God, they added a scene. I don't know how because I was watching the scene But I swear a scene got added. But the fourth viewing went so quick. I was like, man, they're flying through this plot. Like, this is good, like, <laughs> hour-long movie, huh? And it's not. It's like an hour and a half. <laughs> um, Yeah, quick answer for me is no and no. I don't think this movie deserves any type of credit that it gets. This sucks. Um, <laughs> rating out of 10. Oh, uh, so revisiting the Rotten Tomatoes ratings. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a critic of 12%, audience at 16%. Uh. Do you agree, disagree with those ratings, and then give me your rating out of 10, starting with Josh? Uh, Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to agree with them. I, I don't think they're wildly off. Um, I will ask quickly, Ian, for what is like my bottom two ratings so far. <laughs> uh, three and three and a half. And what were those for? The third Turtles and the Return of Swamp Thang. <laughs> okay. Three and three and a half. There's. Oh, this shouldn't. I really swear to God, good. if you write this more than any of those, any of those, I know, I, I know, I will riot. I know. Um, again, I just don't think I had like the 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 venom spew in my voice as everyone else did, but I still don't think I can give this more than a two. I figured you would be one of the more generous. I'm waiting to see how Ian goes also now that he's watched it four times. <laughs> it gets at least a three for each viewing. It's getting a 12, baby. Uh, Andy, what do you think? Agree, disagree with the Rotten Tomatoes, and what's your rating out of 10? I, I, I would agree with the, the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Um, and, I, and I think the only reason I'm going to give it the score that I have is because I really really like the source material for the movie. <laughs> so, um, I was also thinking it was going to be a two. Okay. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I'll ask the same question that Josh did, just as a refresher. I'm pretty sure I remember, but what are my two lowest ratings? Uh, two and a half and three quarters of a point. <laughs> and the three quarters, <laughs> uh, that, that was the kitchen, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and the what was the two and a half? Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Movie okay, of the so the, year when it came yeah, out. <laughs> that that adds up. Um, I'm going to give this uh, exactly what I said I would give it one quarter of one point. Um, <laughs> because it gets that quarter of a point only because of what Josh had mentioned with the soundtrack song. I had not noticed that that little soundtrack beat leading to the theme that we have for Cap now. Is enough to get a quarter of a point. So you were going to give it zero up until he made that point. This movie has no redeeming qualities. <laughs> like the I, source, I can... the source material is the only redeeming quality of this movie. But the, the, to me, that's not even grading the, the movie. Material... That's, that's grading like Cap. Yeah, exactly. Like Captain America yeah, but, is great. But, okay, but Redondo the, Beach, Captain America is not the, even fucking Cap. Some of the Ninja Turtle movies, I graded based on nostalgia more than actually watching the movie currently so is there really okay. that much of a difference between the two i'll watch ninja turtles three ten times like ten times before i'll watch this again you say that yet you skip that one curious <laughs> i also own that one 
willingly. I mean, you technically own this. It's on YouTube. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but they take it, it off free. YouTube, and then I don't the own it. world owns this. It, 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 <laughs> like, this is the Smithsonian, I'm sure. Like, uh, Ian, what is your quarter you of a point? Disagree with Rotten Tomatoes, and what's your rating out of 10? So the Rotten Tomatoes was the 16 and 12% or something yes, like that? Yes, So as I always say on here, the critics never get this right. They're just bad people that don't know what they're doing. Um, this movie wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I recently watched a film called The Honky Holocaust, <laughs> which takes place. <laughs> which was filmed in 2014. It takes place um, after there was a giant race war. And the Manson family emerges from their pit to take over the world as the new leaders of the new world. I'm looking this up right that now. That movie was uh, <laughs> bad, but, you know, it's something. And I'm giving this a three and a half. If okay. you're wondering why specifically that score, that's what I gave the first Turtles movie. And this movie is not worse than the first Turtles movie. Ooh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, all right. <laughs> He's just um, saying that to trigger you. Don't let it. <laughs> I know. Half the time he brings up Turtles, I just have to ignore it and move on. Uh, I I feel like I gotta get a where where where's my lowest two also. Uh, turtles three two and a half swamp thing two and a half. Okay, yeah, this is easily going to beat that. I I do agree with the Rotten Tomatoes ratings. I'm giving this a point five. I don't find many things redeemable about this at all. I said I was gonna give it a half point for the look of Captain America's costume. I am doing that. That is the only point you get for me. So you guys might not believe this, but this might be the lowest score. <laughs> I think we probably could have guessed that going in that this that's I where this was going to end up. The return of Swamp Thing and Swamp Thing a little bit. Yeah, I like the that, first Swamp Thing. The second Swamp Thing can bite my nuts. <laughs> Never saw the second one. I agree. I, I agree with Locklear. that. Um. All right. Well, that are. concludes our discussion <laughs> for 1990s Captain America. So we will now go to the Wheel of Fate. The Wheel of Fate! To pick our next movie. So as I mentioned earlier, the Wheel now contains three, fran three franchises, three standalone movies. Uh, again, the idea has always been to try to keep some sort of variety going. Uh, I still feel like we're, we're feeling it out and, and see how it goes. So we may re retool somewhere down the line, but for right now, this is where we're at. Uh, three franchises currently on the Wheel are Ghost Rider, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Ghost in the Shell. Two standalone movies that have carried over are Speed Racer and Supergirl. Mm -hmm. uh, and the movie that we are adding to replace Captain America is 1997's Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. So that is now on the board. God damn it. <laughs> hey, bl blame, blame these movie companies that optioned anything resembling a comic book in the 90s especially and made a movie. Oh, I know. I mean, yeah. my average score is it's not going up anytime soon, <laughs> given what's on this wheel. I mean, there is two, like, don't get me wrong, there's two quality movies on this wheel. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely some on this wheel that I would like to watch, but it's not what we just added, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I want to watch, I've never seen Steel. I, have, I know it's a Shaq movie, but I've never actually watched it, so. I'm, I actually You're in the majority. one. <laughs> I, I don't think the casting of Shaq is necessarily a bad casting, considering the no. character. But they didn't. I do would a agree with that. With yeah. Movie. <laughs> um. All right. I'm going to spin the wheel. You guys can see the wheel, right? Correct. Yes. And no, Andy, I'm not going to make it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Spinning the wheel. Come on, team. What are we thinking? Let's keep this turtles thing rolling. I'm going Speed Racer. Yeah, I think I, I want Speed Racer. I would love for Speed Racer, and I would love for Turtles. Those I, I wouldn't mind Ghost Rider hopes. just to get it done with, but 
Get rid of it. Speed racer. Speed racer. Uh, oh my god. There you go. Ghost in the shell. <laughs> you know what? That's one of the two decent movies on the wheel, I believe. <laughs> so, Wait, we so, need, I think we need guys, a Guys, we're so check. close to me no longer being on this podcast. <laughs> one third of the way away from never one seeing it again. Hand check. Hand check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, hand, the hands are full right now, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Oh shit! I'm I'm already putting my score in. <laughs> Wait, is this going to go higher than Snyder? Are you asking me if I'm going to give it higher than the ten I gave Watchmen? You gave Watchmen a ten? I thought you were. I'm looking at this list here, and I gave it a ten. <laughs> okay, no, I'm asking. That's I I couldn't remember. I so is it going to go as high as Snyder? I th- I think it's going to go to eleven. Oh man, I th- I think we have a spinal tap Let's situation go to on 11. our hands. So, all right, Ian, help us out and listeners in advance, uh, because this is not immediately the Scarlett Johansson movie, right? So what are we looking for? Yeah, that's why I wrote the year on there. This should be from 1995, correct? Yes. And this is an animated film. Hell yeah, it is. All right. And you can only rent it, (laughs) because it only streams for free on Canopy, which I'm sure we all have. (laughs) (laughs) So you're consulting the Just Watch website, correct? And Wait, yeah, is that, is that and, the canopy with a C or the canopy with a K? <laughs> with a K, because that's trademarkable. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you can get it for two bucks on Amazon, Google Play, YouTube. All right, that's okay. not bad. Just rent. I can deal. And with you can buy the 4K version for five bucks on Vudu. So not bad. that's it, actually not bad. The at more all. people that we get together means that that cost comes down per person. <laughs> If we get all five of us together, it's 40 cents a pop. Come on. I own the DVD for this, so. All right, so maybe 50 cents. All right, I can go in for 50 cents. I think Josh is very much underestimating this. No, not necessarily. Just uh, anytime we run into one of these blocks where we are going to Josh, you're going to want to buy the $12 AMC on demand version of this, which is for some reason the most expensive way to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not even 4K. Oof. Well, they're still running out theaters. Maybe we could rent the theater out to go watch it there. Oh, know. there you go. Uh, will you pay for that, Ian? I would, yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Uh, all right, so that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. You can give us a share on social media. Uh, be sure to follow and subscribe to keep up with the show. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, hopefully anywhere you're listening to podcasts, you can find us. Uh, check us out on Facebook, search Bry Guy and the Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash Superfriends. Uh, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions there. You can try to email us, Superfriends at gmail.com. I won't check it. It's there, you know, just kind of for sure. Uh, check us out on Twitter, at BG Superfriends. That I'll check out. We'll be able to reply to you there. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitch, at Jedi Bry Guy. That's Jedi with an I and Bry with a Y. Uh, so for whenever fun. we decide to try to maybe do another live show, we'll do it there. Uh, and that's it. So on behalf of Andy, Mike, Ian, Josh, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Please pull over. I am going to be sick. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. President. <laughs> Everyone just starts giving their best line reading from the movie. <laughs> <laughs>